We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so your participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your Front Range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. So guys, I know you've been hearing about our partner, the Colorado Hawks, and how they're celebrating their 25th anniversary, helping high-level athletes win college scholarships, and also how the Colorado Hawks are an affordable program that's never turned away an athlete over costs. They also have that Jokic for MVP t-shirt fundraiser. If you want to get one of those shirts, which you've probably seen us wear on the show, visit www.jokicforMVP.com. All proceeds go directly to the Colorado Hawks. Also want to give them the shout out. A lot of Colorado Hawks coaches and players have been represented in the state tournament that concluded this past weekend. So shouts to all of them. And like I said, if you want one of those really awesome, really comfortable, really stylish Jokic for MVP t-shirts, visit www.jokicforMVP.com. All proceeds for those shirts go right back to the Colorado Hawks and helping underprivileged athletes play sports at the highest levels they can. What is up, guys? Welcome in to the post game lounge. I'm not going to use the L word. I'm not going to use the L word because th- this evening has already gone that poorly. Um, that was certainly something. That was certainly a game of basketball that was played over four quarters against two teams in the National Basketball Association. Um, I'm Harrison Wind. We are presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNBR when you sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook. Joined alongside superstar Deb Johnson. Honestly, uh, nothing about that was fun. There was not one cheer um, in the bar throughout the whole game. Like, I mean, not even one time. Like, there was nothing fun about that. I can't believe that we had to endure that. And I don't know if you guys can hear in the background. The soundtrack, the, the music going on at the bar right now, it sounds like a breakup that just happened after a high school dance or middle school dance. Appropriate music for the night. I no, just like super duper sad. Like this really did like take me back to like middle school or something like that, where it's just like 
you're not going through anything that's really like a problem but it's enough of a problem for you to really feel it and, and to relate to the to the lyrics <laughs> yeah this was a rough one uh nuggets lose 135 111 to the raptors in a game that really they were never in like there were points in this game i'll admit i get sucked into the nuggets and the fact that they've had some mega comebacks before like they trimmed that lead to 17 or 18 points in the second half and there was something telling me okay like here we go they can do this but you could really tell if you were being honest with yourself just from the body language the energy the mentality that denver kind of came out with tonight that no they weren't going to come back in this one yeah like nuggets fans uh have, have been spoiled for the last two years um you you, you continue to think that they're going to come back on these like miraculous like type games and, yeah. and they have that fight in them and i mean and it's probably still there it's not the playoffs or where it really matters um yeah but it's also just <laughs> really tough um but then at the same time um they just didn't have it tonight like yeah. they really didn't have it at, at all and also um it's the second night of a back tonight like back to back and we we have seen the nuggets play really well on those back to backs but this was not a time that they play well so these are like really scheduled losses like that you're supposed to have and you like could see coming but with the Nuggets team that we like know, uh, they come back from games and they also show up on, on second nights of back-to-back. So it's tough when they have a game that they're supposed to lose, but then they lose in this fashion. Yeah. So, well, obviously, I mean, everyone, like, everyone thinks, duh. everybody thinks it. Yeah. The guy doesn't show up to a pregame show and a postgame show. And this happens not surprised in the least. So <laughs> I do actually want to talk about the game. Um, I want to talk about the starting lineup that Denver used tonight for sure. And I'm probably going to get canceled on tonight's show again, just for talking about Faka Campasso's game. The people are going to cancel me. The chat's <laughs> going to cancel me, even though I'm going to be right again about, about Faka Campasso's game. First though, I want to hit this right out of the gate. I've got it sitting here right to my left and I'm going to put it on real quick. It's time. It's time. Bring it out. The conspiracy mm. hat. There it is. Which has seen better days. It's a little uh, little funky, but <laughs> the conspiracy hat is back, Dev. And I'm going to let off this conspiracy here. I want to know what you have cooking under there. I'm ready for this one. The Denver Nuggets and Michael Malone were instructed by Tim Connolly and GM Calvin Booth, who are both in Tampa Bay, by the mm. way. Both Tim Connolly and Calvin Booth went on this road trip. They were instructed to get down big and have the fourth quarter be a showcase for Bull Bull and RJ Hampton the night before the trade deadline. What do you think? I mean, that's a that's <laughs> elaborate thinking. It really is elaborate thinking. But at the same time, like, it, it's, it's something that you have to think about. It, it's something that's actually out there because if you look, if you just take a look at the people that are on the trade block right now, some people like they really want out of here. They they push like the yeah. envelope and then they showcase themselves. And Bobo definitely showcased himself. Then there's people that really don't want to leave, and, and they they play they play like shit tonight. And that, and that's Will Barton. Like so, maybe that is what they wanted to do. It's like uh, he didn't make it easier for himself. Like in, in no way. And we'll talk about that. I'm sure yeah. uh, in, in a second. But for yours, Bobo did a very very good job of, of showcasing himself on the way out and. I mean, it would be in uh, Tim Conley's like evil plan if it does like go into that because who who looks at that game and doesn't think like oh there's something there there's something. I mean, Bobo nine minutes 
Seven points, two rebounds, and assist. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this: there weren't many players who finished in the positive tonight. Bobo, a plus two. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm crazy here. Um, I'm obviously like being a, a little over the top, but <laughs> look, I don't think it's nothing that they were able to play Bull Bull and RJ Hampton. Hampton was in like the regular rotation tonight, so this is more with Bull. I don't think it's nothing that Bull was able to just get on the floor tonight and show maybe John Hammond, who the Nuggets got to be hope was watching tonight, uh, the Magic GM, show that he can at least like get up and down the floor and do some stuff. Um, 204 from the field. I don't think it's nothing that he got, you know, nine minutes tonight. We're on a lot of nights. He just fought out wouldn't have played. So I don't know. Yeah, and the funny thing is also Bobo was just excited to be out there. Like yeah. he's smiling the entire time. He doesn't care that they're getting obliterated at, at, at the moment. Uh, he's out there just to have fun. He's like, okay, things are going well for me. Maybe this is my chance to get out. Like I, you have to assume that Bobo wants out. Like he's not getting like any type of um, looks his way. There's no G League for him to actually go out there and do anything for for like to, to try try to showcase himself. This was his moment, and it it went well for him. So I think that he's like, yes, yes, thank you for this moment. The dude was smiling ear to ear. <laughs> he was, I guarantee you, the only nugget that was smiling tonight when they were on the court. I can guarantee you that. The dude was happy. He was playing. Uh, he looked like he was having a ball out there. Maybe a, a swan song for him in a Nuggets jersey if he does get traded. So I don't know. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. I am going to take this off now. That was <laughs> that was fun. Um, so Brendan Vogt's talking with Michael Malone and a couple players right now. I assume it will be a relatively short media session on a night like tonight. 24-point uh, loss of the Raptors when the Nuggets were never in this. Uh, but he will join us momentarily. So like I was just saying a couple minutes ago, I want to talk about the starting lineup because that's really where this game it felt like got away from Denver just right off the bat in the first quarter when they were just run off the floor. The Nuggets stick with their same starting lineup. Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic. That's matched up against a small ball look from Toronto. Lowry, Van Vliet, Powell, Siakam, and OG Ananobi, who was really playing the four. That seemed like it was going to be a recipe for disaster. And that's exactly what happened like toronto got a ton of open threes they shot the heck out of the ball today 24 of 48 from three i mean you're just not going to win a game if a team shoots 24 48 from three but there were a lot of open looks i don't know it just felt like to me the nuggets starting lineup couldn't keep up with that raptors small ball look and it was also just not not like a a, a good look for the nuggets like completely with with Michael Malone in the last few games, we've seen him actually adapt to it. So Paul Millsap's not in the rotation because they went with a small lineup. Today he was like, I don't care. I'm going to just stick with this. So you have to think there was like some type of thought into it because if not, then what is it, stubbornness? Or, or what would it be? Because we've already seen Michael Porter Jr. at the four has been the Nuggets' death lineup. We haven't you know, said that term in a while, but that's the death lineup for the Nuggets. And for them to not go with that, especially against a team that does not have like a traditional center or a way to like actually like match up with the Nuggets and, and provide that spacing, that's a way that you try to go with what you're going to go with in the playoffs. I mean, I don't understand why Paul Millsap was out there for so long or actually like playing 
um, in this game, especially with him not playing much in the last game. Or well, you know, so, in somehow those other Paul games. Millsap played 22 minutes tonight, which was more than he played last night against the Magic, and this is theoretically a worse matchup for him just based on like the small ball look. It, it doesn't make any sense. And then on top of that, you play Will Barton who's just out there missing shot after shot after shot. Like, nothing about it was going well. And you could see it from, like, the opening, like, from the opening tip. He was trying to be aggressive, but he's not making any shot, and he just kept pressing the issue and kept pressing the issue. And he didn't understand that it was not his night. Yeah. And you see a lot of that from Will Barton, you know. So, like, if those two guys are not playing well, but then Jokic, you know, Murray and, and, and Michael Porter Jr., are playing well, like get somebody else in there, go with a different rotation. And you just didn't see that tonight. You've seen a lot of different lineups that, that Malone did try. It seemed like it was like at the beginning of the season when he's just out there trying lineups and, mm -hmm. and trying to trying to get something to go. And then you look at it and it's March. It's the end of March, about to be in April. Why are we still tinkering with lineups and trying to figure out who works with, with what parts? Like I did not understand the rotations tonight. So they uh – Oh, do we want to get to this uh, super chat, Allie? A super sticker. Hippo character falling to the ground in a dramatic way, bursting into tears with the words epic fail in the background. <laughs> that makes sense. I'm, I'm not completely blind yet. I could barely make that out from the monitor. Just <laughs> Thank, across you, the way. Uh, Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Gordon. you're here with us on this very very rough the time. real ones are here the real if ones you're are here. in the chat right now if you're watching you're a real one we we appreciate you we appreciate you gordon for sure um no i was gonna say though so i know we're, we're ripping on the starting lineup the starting lineup was terrible they go to porter at the four midway through the first quarter immediately just score like six straight and kind of got back into it and we were sitting here uh at the bar tonight looking at each other like no, duh. Like, <laughs> obviously, you go to Porter, you go to your money lineup against a small ball look like this. That's going to be a much, much better matchup. And sure enough, they got back into the game a little bit. But um, that lineup put them in a huge hole in the first quarter. And then I got to say, I was a little surprised that that lineup played most of the third together again. That starting lineup. So. Yeah, I mean, they were better in the third quarter, but it's also like the momentum was already gone from you, and they already had such a big lead that it didn't matter anymore. Um, like you said, when Paul, I mean, when, uh, yeah, when Paul Millsap went out and Michael Porter Jr. went to the four, things clicked. And, yeah. and I don't understand why you don't say, you know what, that has been working. That is something that I've been seeing that's been working, especially in a game that there wasn't many positives, and that was a positive moment in the game. Yeah. Yeah, smash the likes on that video. Thank you, Austin, on this video. So, I mean, that lineup, it's with poor at the four. It's allegedly, allegedly going to be the Nuggets starting lineup once Monte Morris gets healthy. I'm I'm ex I'm intrigued to see if that's actually what, what happens and and follows through. Because yeah, like this lineup was not good tonight, the starting lineup. Denver's won some games with it though. It's usually pretty good on offense, but um, allegedly, you know, Malone has said that they will return to the Porter at four look when, when Monte gets healthy. So, I mean, hopefully that's in the next couple games. I'm, I'm excited to see that for sure. What else do I have in my notes tonight? So, like, look, Toronto, like I mentioned earlier, 24-48 from three. Of course not. You are just not going to win a game against any team that shoots 24-48 from three. Like, it's just not going to happen. I, I read somewhere that it was like a franchise record. So. I'm, I'm – Sure, the Nuggets I are hope in, it is. in the in the um the history books. 
They're in the record books right there with teams that are just having lights out like games against them. And then that like that's something that has to be addressed. Why are teams able to shoot the hell out of the ball from deep for mm-hmm. the Nuggets for the last what five years, six years, or, or however long it's been? The nut like the Nuggets are the team that you could get your three point shot going against and get right. There's their good get right spot because there's not much defense going on there. There's nothing that you could go do against a team that's shooting like that. They score like seventy two points in the first half. Mm-hmm. It, it's just free will. Like, you could do whatever you want out there. Yeah. It was a crazy shooting night from them. A lot of those threes were open, though, and a lot of that had to do with just the Nuggets' effort wasn't there tonight. Their energy wasn't there tonight. But also, to start off the game, to start off the third quarter, the OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam front court, that is just a nightmare matchup for a Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic front court. There's probably not many duos in the league of starting front courts that are worse matchups for for Paul Millsap, Nikola Jokic. They just can't chase an Ananobi and Siakam like duo all around the three-point arc. It's just not what Paul Millsap and uh, Nikola Jokic are meant to do. Yeah, just a perfect like a uh, blend of of defense and speed. And Siakam, when he gets himself going, you know, that's an all-star. Like, he's, he's one of the better players in the league. And then when everybody already knows what you get in Ananobi. Like, he's going he's gonna to bring it on defense. He's going to bring the in- intensity and the energy. And tonight, like, the three-point, like, the three-pointers were shot, like, so, like falling, sorry. Yeah. And that that's tough. If you have Ananobi go five of nine from the three-point line, and then also you have to step out because it's a small lineup and you have to push – Jokic to try to get out to the perimeter because Pascal's making threes. What really can you do? Like, everything was falling everywhere uh, against the Nuggets. There was no resistance at all, especially, like, trying to, like, stop the the, the rush. Mm-hmm. And then you put everybody in, like, compromising, like, like spots, and, and that's hard to try to, like, get around. Yeah. All right, let's hit our first break real quick. Brennan Vogt will be joining us in a few minutes. I'm, I'm sure. I can't imagine this will be a terribly long post-game media session from uh, Michael Malone and the Nuggets players and we also got a lot more to talk about uh, from this game like to be honest Uh, we'll we'll talk about the big threes nights we'll talk about Will Barton's bad game Um, I'm gonna get canceled for talking about Faka Campasso again Uh, so stay tuned for that (laughs) first though make sure to check out the Mile High City Copper Lager this beautiful can of beer right here Uh, you can't miss it it's got that Nuggets Skyline blue can you can pick it up at your local liquor store. You can pick it up at the Breck Brew Farmhouse. We drink these while watching Nuggets games. It's part of our daily routine. So uh, you can't pick out a better beer to watch during Nuggets games. Check out the Mile High City Copper Lager from Breck Brew. You can pick it up anywhere. Um, also, if you guys have not checked out Gabby Insurance, it's an absolute game changer. Uh, Gabby Insurance saves their customers an average of $961 per year on their insurance. What you need to do is go to Gabby.com, G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR, Gabby.com slash DNVR. You plug in all your insurance info, uh, what your home insurance is, your auto insurance, and Gabby will run what you're paying against 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. And literally just spit out how much money you can be saving a month if you move over your insurances to you know different ones that can save you money. It's an awesome tool. A lot of us here at DNVR are saving a lot of money monthly, annually from using it. 
And a really cool part about Gabby is they're not going to sell your insurance. So when you enter your data in there, you're not going to get hit up with robocalls and whatnot from people trying to sell your insurance. Check out Gabby at Gabby.com slash DNVR. Plug in all your info, start saving money. Again, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they will never sell your info. No knowing spam or robocalls. All right, we're back here on back here on the DNVR Nuggets post-game show. We're presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up. Harrison Wint, superstar Dev Johnson. When we're looking at the Nuggets point totals tonight, the big three absolutely carried them. Mm. And look, it wasn't a good night for the Nuggets. I hit the Michael Porter Jr. over. Uh, his over was 16 and a half. He got 19 points. That might have been the only uh, thing I hit tonight. Did you hit anything? I think Jamal might have been at 19 and a half. He was either at 19 and a half or 20 and a yeah, half. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the spot that I'm actually like like stuck on but I mean that's not a game like no one actually played well so it makes it really tough like to do anything Michael Porter Jr. he he shoots lights out and, and you you would hope that they try to put him in more sets to get him like going and, and try to get like a flow for him um so that was a bright spot was like to see him like knock down the three ball um but other than that there really was not much uh going for Denver and that makes it really hard to try to beat a team when they have everything going and you don't have much going so it was good to see Porter knocking five of six threes. He looked bad defensively tonight, oh, yeah. though. Um, this was a step back for Michael Porter Jr. defensively. You know, we, we've been preaching on this show how he's been growing as a defender, and that's been very real, but he was not good defensively tonight. Look, really nobody on Denver was. I thought Jamal Murray actually had a pretty decent game. Uh, 20 points, 8 of 17 from the field, 3 of 5 and 3. He was aggressive in spots, seven assists, only one turnover for him. Um, I felt like throughout the first half when Denver was pretty much behind by 20, he was really the only bright spot. I, I felt like he had a, a pretty good performance, all things considered, tonight. Yeah, I mean, you can't say that he kept him in the game because this this was not a game yeah. whatsoever. But he did get off to, like, a nice flow and rhythm and hmm. – the the vibes at the bar they were they were terrible um the whole night i don't know a, a switch just got flipped though that was quick right in there it was jamal murray we started talking about heating up and, and, and getting up you start talking about jamal murray and and, and things happen um yeah he, he did shoot the ball like uh from from three well uh, he still has to work on that efficiency like just he's taking a lot of shots and a lot is not falling so i don't know if it's legs or just being on the second night of a back-to-back -back. he also um, got his assist up. So, yeah, that was that was a, a bright spot for the Nuggets um, if you try to find anything. Yeah, I mean, the big three combined for 40-59 of 111, and they didn't even play, like, the fourth quarter. Although Jamal Murray was out there for, like, most of the third. And I was like, wait, why is Jamal Murray still out there? It was probably <laughs> Malone, Malone just saying, you were, like, the only one that was doing anything tonight, like, like, Get you some minutes. Uh, Maybe he wants yourself. to be out there. Yeah. Because you were talking about this during the game. He always gets up for games against Toronto. Yeah. I was going to say in Toronto, but it's in Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, that, I mean, that's a, a place that he truly does love. And, and 
I feel like at some point in, in his career, he'll want to try to get there, even if it's on a one year. Oh, or something Dev, like don't that. don't say that. <laughs> don't. I gotta get you the conspiracy hat for that for that take. But yeah, I mean, we know Jamal's a big Toronto guy. Vince Carter is like his hero, so yeah. uh, he always usually gets up for Raptors games. Maybe he just wanted to play a little more. So the big three, I think I actually have it here. Um, they were responsible for. 59, I think of what was 84 points at one point before the game kind of got away from Denver. Or, I mean, it really got away from them the whole night. But before garbage time really set in in the fourth quarter, it was something like 59 of 84 points that the big three was responsible for. And a glaring glaring, um, stat line tonight, Will Barton, 23 minutes, 0 of 8 from the field, 0 of 8, 0 of 3 from 3, 0 points, um, a team worse minus 20 in 23 minutes tonight. Was this just a terrible game all around from Barton, or was part of it that the deadline is tomorrow and maybe some thoughts about that were creeping into his head, do you think? I mean, I think this was uh, fate. This was fate. Everybody wants him out of here. And, and he, like, really did show up. Like, he showed them exactly the things that they've been frustrated for, like, about. And, and you got to see the bat, Will Barton. Um, he doesn't make any shots. He keeps shooting uh, on defense. He's not, like, doing anything at all. Um, and, and I don't know how you look at that game and think, yes, we should keep him around. Like, with the, with the trade deadline being tomorrow, you know, like, you don't look at a game like that where you go – 23 minutes, zero points, mm-hmm. and you have no no bright spots at all. There was not a single moment in the game for Will Barton that you think, yeah, like this this is working out. So this was this was fate. I really do think that this was like, okay, like let's just do it. Let's just get it out of the way. It was not good um, at all. Definitely one of like the worst games of his career. And look, he had open shots, but he just was not hitting uh, at all tonight. Another guy, and um, here we go. Hold on, hold on. Before you get started, I just got to say something to our Argentinian followers who are in the comments. Solo porque están hablando en español no significa que no hay alguien que entiende lo que están diciendo en el chat. Tranquilícense. Les voy a poner en timeout o les voy a block si no paran de decir malas cosas de ellos o del equipo. Tranquilícense. Thank you, Ali. I I can only uh, guess that you were just telling... Everybody not to cancel me tonight. <laughs> I'm just telling everyone to calm down. Just because they're writing in Spanish doesn't mean there aren't people here at DNVR who are reading what they're saying. Yes. And I'll, I'll block you or put you in timeout. Y'all need to calm down. Yeah. See, I thought things were doing fine. And, oh, the you know, Spanish comments or? <laughs> yeah, nothing Ooh. like a, a loss to the Raptors on the second night of a back-to-back the night before the trade deadline against maybe Kyle Lowry's last game in a Raptors uniform to really get Nuggets fans riled up. That was impressive Spanish, man. I need to learn a different language. I definitely, I only know two languages, you know, Um, Ebonics (laughs) and English. So I need to learn like at least one more uh, to just put me over that hump. So I I get that. Serbian might be a good option. You are, you are. I am Serbian, so I definitely need to add some. There it goes. Okay, every all the Argentinians are now saying we are calm, we are calm. All right, well, yeah. just See, chill in the chat a little about. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, un poquito. Well, sorry guys, I'll just say it. Faku was not good tonight. Um, 
minus 20 off the bench for Denver, which was the worst number off the bench. Two of six from the field. He did hit two threes. Both of those kind of came when, when the game was already decided, though. Look, I just didn't think he was good. Um, a bunch of open threes. He had that layup that was through traffic that really had no chance. Comes down the other end. Uh, Norman Powell takes him into the post, uh, takes advantage of that mismatch. I, I just didn't think he was good. Um, yeah, just not one of his better nights. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Compazzo, it, it's not that he, he has to score because he could affect the game in so many different ways. But at some point, you got to knock something down and you got to become an offensive threat or you're just really a liability out there. And I think a lot at a lot of times they use him as a liability and this is a, a night that you'll see it. And this is what a lot of people try to say is going to come in the playoffs because there are the moments A lot that, of people as in me. <laughs> no, there's there's people that, that are not Faku people. Um, I think that, you know, Faku has, has a role and, and he, like, answers, like, things that the Nuggets need. But at the same time, there's a lot of questions around him because if he's not, like, he, he's not a shooter, but he's always in that corner spot to knock down the shot. Mm-hmm. But if it's not consistently falling, like, what, what is the defense doing? Because they're not adjusting. Um, and, and, you know, tonight he does hit the two threes. But at the same time, it was he would have already been unplayable at that point. Like, if it was a playoff-like situation – he would not have been able to take those shots because he would already been out of there. Um, they're, they're starting to try to attack him. Like, that was a game that I felt like they did try to attack him and try to put him in ISO situations, especially Norman Powell. Um, and then on the offensive end, he's not setting guys up for for shots. Um, nobody's really making shots. So, like, take that, like, with a grain of salt. But there, this is the, these are the games that you start to, like, see the, 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 the glaring issues with Faku, and it makes it hard to, like, try to defend him because he's not playing well right now, and he has not been playing well offensively for the last, like, week or two. Yeah. He's been setting guys up well, but he just hasn't been hitting shots. And look, he's going to be wide open for three to four three-pointers per game if he's playing these types of minutes. If he's playing around 20 minutes, he's the guy defenses are going to leave open. And to your point about, you know, the corner threes, I said this on last night's show. Faku has been a great shooter from the corners this season. He's been elite from the corners. He's shooting 60% from the left corner, 47% from the right corner. The only problem is he's taken a combined 30 corner threes, and he's taken 80 threes everywhere else, and he's shooting 29% or, sorry, 28% on those threes from everywhere else. So that's the problem right now. Defenses are leaving him open on non-corner threes. He's missing those. And that's really what's hurting his offense. But I don't want to dwell too much on it, even though we just spent five minutes on it. (laughs) I don't want to dwell anymore on it. He had a bad game. A lot of guys on the Nuggets roster had a bad game tonight. Um, Somebody who I thought did some good things was P.J. Dozier. Logged 20 minutes, hit a couple threes. Here here it is again. Like This is another game where P.J. Dozier makes his threes. He's maintaining his 40% clip from three. Uh, those were the only two shots he made tonight, but six points. I don't know. I thought I did some okay things. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't high on the PJ game tonight. Uh, I mean, he's still just gunning, and I mean, he makes those two threes, but he goes two for seven. Like he's just he's forcing a lot of shots. I feel like he like I don't feel like he's ever in the flow of the offense. And and he's at the same time with the, yeah. with the with the second unit, he has to take those shots and he has to put himself in it as a shot creator. Um, 
but when they're not falling, it makes it really hard. He, he's a he's a player that is going to be up and down all year because when the shots are falling, it looks okay. When the shots are not falling, you're like, okay, that that's a little a little tough. So with with Dozier, I think that each time you're going to like seesaw, like you're going to be on the side, you're not going to be on the side, you're going to be on the side, and it's because a lot of it is predicated on the shots. Right. So there were actually two big takeaways I thought from the Nuggets bench second unit, just who played and who didn't play. This was another Zignaji game. And yes, I mean, you can say, look, Toronto's really small ball look might have led the Nuggets to play Zignaji over Isaiah Hartenstein. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is more of just the Nuggets kind of really moving towards Zignaji over Hartenstein at, at that backup center spot. Is that what kind of your read on it is yeah and he actually to start out the game he made some great defensive like one-on-one um type plays where he's like pushing guys out he's getting to his spots he's forcing that extra pass he does a lot of things that like pop out not on the score like on the stat sheets or on the scoreboard or anything like that but it's a lot of reads and like you could tell that the the nuggets want to go to him and they love put him in these situations where he could learn on the fly um, but also not be a huge part of it. So, like, yeah. that's what you see. He but was also- probably – Zeke was probably the Nuggets' best matchup or probably had a couple of the Nuggets' best defensive possessions on Pascal Siakam yep, yep. in that first half. He yep. had some very strong defensive possessions in that first half on Siakam. Yeah, but at the same time, the shot, again, is not falling. True. It's not not falling at all, and, and he, he keeps shooting them also. He goes 0 for 4 tonight. Um but at least he's battling and getting to like he's, he got seven boards in the game. Um, he has the defensive like things going for him. So like at, at least in his bad games, there's other things that you could like rely on and you could take away um, as opposed to these other players that when they're having a bad game, it's just that's it. It's just a bad game. There's nothing that there that you could take away from it. Plus, you got to remember he's a rookie that's really just learning on the fly, and and he gets put in a situation where he's guarding uh, all star. Um, and, and he shows like some some bright spots and, and some some positive moments. So that's not a, a bad Zeke Naji game for me. And yeah. he also gets to the free throw line. Very aggressive. Yeah, I thought the rebounding stood out for him, and, and that's the big thing with Zeke Naji. If he's gonna play the backup five, he's got to rebound. And seven rebounds in 19 minutes. That's good. He had a good rebounding game uh, last night against the Magic as well. So I really just think things are trending. And obviously, we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Maybe the Nuggets are trading for JaVale McGee. <laughs> and if JaVale McGee um, supplants Zeke Naji as the Nuggets' backup center, I guess I can understand that. But um, I'm a guy who said, you know, for this really last few months that Zeke Naji needs to be playing because he deserves rotation minutes, I feel like. So we'll see. We'll see what the trade deadline holds. Uh, just oh yeah the the other uh, big point about Denver's bench RJ Hampton played actual rotation minutes mm-hmm. so he was in health and safety protocols for a while like through the All Star break he's been active these last couple of games but hasn't played tonight he gets in early in the second quarter his first game since February 27th so in around a month. Do you think R.J. Hampton will be in the Nuggets rotation post-trade deadline? I know I'm asking you to project what the Nuggets do at the deadline, but do you think there's a chance he's playing real minutes on a night-to-night basis after tomorrow? I mean, I, make no mistake about it. This was like um, 
this was deliberate to put him in the game and to put him in the game early and to try to showcase him because a guy doesn't play for a full month and he's actually been able to play these last couple of games like this is not the first game that he has been back to the rotation um this is the first game that he's actually been able to play and and it's because like in, in people's mind is going to be what's the fresh how did he look like in the last moments and you don't think about that he's been gone for a month because the deadline's tomorrow so it's like okay our guy came back um he, he shows some defensive plays we put him in situations where he had to defend out on the wing on an island all by himself he's one of the quickest guys super athletic they tried to put him in like positions to like succeed yeah so i do think that he like he'll be part of like the pitching of, of things but if the nuggets stay pat then RJ Hampton is a player that they do feel comfortable with. So I'll say, yes, he is a part of the rotation, not to the capacity of, of playing a whole lot, but he will be a part of that second unit at times um, because you have to like hope if the Nuggets do not make a decision that Gary Harris does come back and Monte Morris does come back. So you have to like actually push like the, the, the second unit has to get smaller and RJ Hampton be a guy that's like on the, on the fringe he, he can play some minutes but he also will sit a lot of the night so i'll say yes and no (laughs) (laughs) all that for yes and no yes and no. no the crazy thing is i probably agree with you that it's yes on some nights and no on some nights because i actually feel like part of the reason he played tonight maybe it was a showcase maybe you're right i think part of the reason was because if you're looking for a guy on the nuggets roster that can just inject some excitement inject some energy into such a bleh game it's rj hampton so i wonder if michael malone was just like god i'm i'm either gonna get two technicals walk back to the team hotel and like crack a guinness or i'm just gonna see what rj hampton has maybe he can inject some energy into this game that's what he maybe he tried to do at the beginning of the second quarter i don't know but uh, I was going to give a game ball tonight, although I wasn't a fan of his lineup decisions to Michael Malone for not getting ejected from this game. <laughs> he, he's a better man than I am because I, I don't think I could have watched. Yeah, especially tonight. just everyone just getting like that was a beating. That really that was, was a, beating. a beating by a team that they what they lost like eight times in a row. I think nine in a row. Nine in a row, and then they lose to a team that lost twenty in a row. Like they're they're like. They're reeling. So for you to go out there and get embarrassed and blown out by that team, that, that's tough. Like I don't know what I don't know what you like what you make of it. So there's not a, a player that you could give like the, the the player of the game. So sure, sure we could give it to him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like Dev said, um, an absolute beating <laughs> by the 18 and 26 Raptors on the Denver Nuggets tonight. Uh, time to panic? Nah, I don't. I don't think so. The Nuggets have now dropped two or three, and here's the thing, though. They've dropped two or three. Yes, it's uh, the March malaise. The Nuggets are right in the thick of the March malaise, right before the trade deadline, and they've dropped two or three to the Magic, and then uh, the oh no, not the Magic, the New Orleans Pelicans, and then the Toronto Raptors. They've got the Pelicans again on Friday. A game after, you know, these last three that I'm not terribly confident that they win. We know New Orleans is a bad matchup for them. Maybe, you know, Aaron Gordon's playing in that game. I don't know. That is a better matchup for the Nuggets if that happens. Uh, The Pelicans aren't a great matchup for them. The Hawks, just based on how these last couple games have gone, the Hawks on Sunday, I don't feel great about that one either. So this has quickly 
turned into what I thought was, you know, potentially going to be a stretch where Denver rattles off like five or six straight wins into one where, you know, they might be going like 500 over these six games. Yeah, I mean, but the idea could be um, either they make a move and then they're like, we're refreshed and we're ready like to, to, to prove that this was a, a good spot. Or they don't make a move and, and everyone like has that like off of their like shoulders and they like try to prove a point that this is the team that that have got us here. This is the team that was just like in the Western Conference final just a year ago and, and we're going to try to make a point. So I think regardless of what happens with with the deadline, I think that they try to like re like revamp themselves and try to put themselves back in a situation of like realigning like, OK, Either we made a move and we're going to get better or we didn't make a move because this is our guy. So although you look at a game tonight and you think there's no way that we get like we get back on the right track. I think that the Nuggets are a team that like just is like in prove it mode. That's when yeah. they like are at their best. And and looking at those games, yeah, they're, 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 they're tough matchups. But I think that guys are just going to get themselves back to get together. So I think that those are games that they probably sweep. On the you, wins. you think they sweep them? I think they sweep in, in, in the wins. That would be nice. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a loss. It's a bad loss. I, I think the Nuggets are still overall in a really good place. And look, they could be making an upgrade over, you know, the next however many hours or so that further propels them in a, on a really nice trajectory, which they've been on for really most of the last several months. So, you know, maybe... Uh, in 24 hours, we're not even thinking about this loss and just thinking about how Aaron Gordon fits into the Nuggets scheme. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Brendan Vogt should be uh, on his way back here shortly. Um, Allie, if you want to message Vote and tell him that I'm going into my uh, second break right here and that on the other side, it would be. It would be cool if he came on the show. No rush, though. No, no rush, though. I'll let him know. I'll yeah. Uh, Got to tell you guys about MSU Denver Online, the best online university uh, in the land. I took a class with them last summer. It was a great experience. They have tons of different course options for you guys. Uh, you can take a, a course in any subject. You can get it taught to you by teachers who know how to teach online and who actually care about their students. You can check out their entire course list at MSU Denver edu backslash online they've got something for everybody uh, if you're a first-time freshman or if you just need a couple credits to finish up your degree msu denver online is an awesome option also the tournament is obviously in full swing and make sure you're signed up on DraftKings sportsbook they got tons of great offers including this one bet one dollar on any tournament game and if your team wins you win one hundred dollars it's that simple. Turn $1 into $100 uh, with DraftKings Sportsbook. It's 100 to 1 odds uh, on your team to win. Just an awesome offer from DraftKings that you guys can take advantage of uh, this weekend in the tournament. Make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win, that's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I see Brennan Vote has taken his seat. Um, before we get to him, guys, 
Also, StravaCraft Coffee. Use code DNVR25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com for 25% off your order of StravaCraft Coffee. Packed with CBD, which has been known to help cure long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, a slew of other aches and pains that you might be having. Uh, use code DNVR25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. All right, back here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DMVR when you sign up. Join now by Brendan Vote. Straight off the Nuggets Zoom press conferences. What was the mood in this one, Vote? Three different moods tonight. We heard from Michael Malone, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, um, and just different perspectives, really. You know, more or less the same questions pumped out to each guy. To start with Malone who did not go to the defense. He went to the effort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, said you can have a game plan. You can know what you want to do against a team, but if the energy and the effort is there, it doesn't matter. And he said that it wasn't there top to bottom tonight. Um, he was not trying to make any excuses or hear any excuses about trade deadline anxiety, which was the key term of the night on the availability. Mm. Uh, you know, in past weeks, Malone has talked about this grueling schedule, the testing, how difficult it's been. Uh, he didn't want to hear it tonight, and um, I thought that was sort of the most most notable uh, kind of thing from Malone. He said, you know, if you look at Toronto, they've got guys in their locker room who have trade deadline anxiety right now as well. They went out there, <laughs> they balled out, and we did not. Yeah, that's a good point. We were talking about that. Like, did the trade deadline anxiety contribute to any guys' poor nights? You know, maybe. Like, that that is a valid excuse, I think. Look, these guys are human. It would be very, um, it would be totally stressful if, like, tomorrow I could have to go cover the Lakers in LA Dude. and I don't know about it. You know, like, can you imagine that? So th- that could be totally stressful. It's a totally um, logical excuse for sure. But I like the point that the Raptors also have that, and Kyle Lowry was a plus 42 tonight. I mean, you know, all these extenuating circumstances, virtually all of them apply to everyone in the league right now. It's been a weird year for everyone. So, um, But we also heard from Nikola Jokic, and he was also asked about trade deadline anxiety and if it's possible that it impacted any of his teammates tonight. He said he doesn't know if it did, but if it did, quote, for me, it is unprofessional. A pretty blunt answer from Jokic. Basically just talked about you represent yourself first and then the team. Um, and, and that, if you know, there's always language barrier stuff with Jokic. It's never necessarily clear. But it sounded like to me, he said, you know, you could go play for 29 other teams, but you're here and you're with the Nuggets. So for him, he didn't want to hear anything about that. He, he wanted guys that wanted to be there, you know, and, hmm. and were focused. He was not buying the trade deadline anxiety. He called it unprofessional more than once. Um, but also, to be clear, I don't know if it was he was charging his teammates with that so much as he was answering the question. Uh, but but he doesn't think that should impact any players. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it obviously impacts everybody differently. You know, some guys are, are going to be able to deal with that stuff differently than others. Uh, so it's definitely a case-by-case basis. Um, you know, I'm going to side with uh, the trade deadline anxiety. Me too. I'm going to side with the trade deadline anxiety. I think it's a real thing, and I think it's a, a totally logical excuse. The night before the deadline. We've we've sort of joked about players not always growing into great coaches or owners because they it comes, hey, why aren't you just as good as I was? I think there's a little bit of that with Yoke here. Like, he's really steely. I don't think he feels, you know, affected by playoff pressure or deadline anxiety. Um, 
but he's not everyone, and everyone is not him in this league. Uh, I say all that to say we then heard from Paul Millsap, who, um, you know, look, there's a longtime veteran who's been around a lot of teams, a lot of players, and he kind of brought it back down to earth. He said, absolutely, it matters. I'm not going to sit here and say the trade deadline doesn't affect players. You've got families. You've got to relocate. But at the end of the day, we've got a job to do. More from Millsap. We're human beings, man. We're human beings. A lot of fans don't know that. It's part of the job description. It's the nature of the business. We're all grown men here, and we have to take what's given to us, but we're still human. Um, and so, yeah, I, like, to answer the big question, do I think it mattered tonight? Sure. I absolutely think sure. it impacted, you know, guys on the court. But I also think Malone nailed it that Toronto was playing under that same pressure. And ultimately, the Nuggets lost this game because, for whatever reason, um, they did not come out like they wanted it. And yeah. that, that was just clear for four quarters. From the opening tip. From the jump. From the opening tip. And we discussed the starting lineup and how that got Denver off to a really bad start. Um, but, I mean, I don't really know in the end, like, how much it would have mattered if the Raptors were just going to shoot 50% from three. Paul, Paul said that, too. He was kind of the only guy who said, hey, like, let's give the Raptors a little credit. Obviously, the effort wasn't there 100% tonight. Um, but Paul all but said, like, you know, they just played the game of their season, you know? I mean, <laughs> did it was, he actually say that? He did not, he did not say that, but he <laughs> said in more than line. one way, like, they were incredible tonight. Their game plan, the three-point shooting, the execution. So, you know, obviously I'm paraphrasing a little here. You know, a lot of that was Denver. But sometimes the other team just plays really, really well. And this was that disaster night where uh, an off night is paired with, with an on night from the other team. Yeah. Uh, do you know who Paul Watson is? Do you know what team he plays on? No. He plays on the Toronto Raptors. He went 4-7 from 3 tonight. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. That's the kind of night it was. Yeah. Uh, I was too busy watching OG Ananobi and uh, Pascal Siakam ruin my life to, uh, to to pay attention to what else was happening. OG uh, Ananobi um, has never had a bad game against the Nuggets. That's an actual fact. Yeah, in case there's anyone out there who wasn't sure if that was their guy in the draft. <laughs> It was. Uh, his stat, his averages against the Nuggets over the last six games, 30.5 points per game, 75% shooting from three, actually. Wow. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm kidding. Those are probably not his averages. I think that, uh, that's yeah, what it feels like. It felt like the last time he played against the Nuggets, he had like 60 points and 20 steals. So yeah. I buy it. Yeah. Uh, anything else notable from uh, Michael Malone or the players? Uh, no, I just thought it was interesting and a little like sobering to end with Paul. You know, Malone's a fiery guy. He's a coach. Like he's gonna wear all this stuff. Um, Jokic is like Jokic likes to win, man. He's a frustrated loser as well. Um, and, and I just thought it was it was interesting to hear from Paul, who had a bit more measured perspective on like what was a terrible night. Um, but those do happen sometimes. Yeah, this was one of those nights that absolutely sucks to watch happen. Mm. It it sucks to talk about, and in a week we're not going to remember it at all. That's how you've got to think about I, these nights. I mean, all they have to do is play the next game well and gain some ground on the Clippers again, and, and it doesn't matter. I I will say like we're getting closer to that point where your standard standings watching. You really don't want to lose much more ground. Looks sure. like the Clippers are going to win tonight, or they did win. Um, but you're right, Wind. Like if they come out and they play like they were just two weeks ago. On Friday, then all's well that ends well. How how are you feeling just ab about this team right now? Because Dev and I were kind of looking ahead to the next couple of games. Dev 
is probably right being more confident than I am that they're just going to take care of business against the Pelicans, take care of business against the Hawks in these next couple of games. After dropping these last two to the Pelicans and then the Raptors tonight, I'm a little more pessimistic that they're just going to yeah. roll and take care of business. Um, I don't, maybe, maybe I should be optimistic and this team will have some renewed life after the all-star after the uh, trade deadline and there's going to be less pressure and nobody's going to be thinking about the trades. Maybe that's what's going to happen. But um, how are you feeling about this, these next couple of games? I mean, that was an absolute dud, Um, but they've won nine of 11. And, and so like, yeah, I get where you're coming from wind in terms of a lack of confidence against these teams. Like, wouldn't we love to see them just take care of business against new Orleans once just one time. I'm, I'm begging you. Um, look, in the grand scheme of things in the regular season, like the team we saw tonight, that's not who the Nuggets are, not even close. Sure. I think they'll be okay. I think they're still contending for that four seed, uh, pushing for a four seed, maybe a three. Um, but I, <laughs> Friday against the Pelicans after that game, I get why you're pessimistic. Yeah. And look, um, after the trade deadline passes, it could be a, a nice calming kind of sense that goes over the team uh, the guys on the roster for the most part know that they're going to be there for the long run sure. you know un- unless Denver's like a player in the buyout market which I don't expect them to be but the guys who are on the team post trade deadline they know they're going to be here the Nuggets know that's going to be their roster maybe there's just a little switch that gets flipped and this kind of malaise that they've been in a, a bit over the last couple of games just goes out the window That that could happen that very well could happen. I mean, they could just come out and play a good game defensively, get a <laughs> yeah. little shot luck, big three plays well, we're feeling good again. It yeah. doesn't take much. This team's good. Yeah, and, and you weren't here for it, but the idea is, for my idea is, for them going forward is, with the trade li- deadline going tomorrow, either they make a trade, and if they do make that trade, then then you know that you have new guys coming in and you're going to try to say the old guys are, are gone, we're gonna to try to rally around our new guys, and we're we're we did that we did this so that we can look better, so then the, everyone plays up. But if you don't make a trade or nothing happens, you're like we stay pat because we believe that this is the group for us. Guys have yeah. like a sense of like urgency; they feel confident that the the organization still believes in them. Um, you get that monkey off your back that that was just apparently there, um, and, and you try to rally off of that. So that was the idea with that. Yeah. Does either of those things galvanize them? And I think you could talk yourself into either either path. I mean, you just have to remind yourself like this is not what the Nuggets season is like. This was the absolute worst case scenario. This game yeah. was horrible. They looked as bad as they're going to look. Uh, and I'm not telling you they're going to win the championship, but you know we don't have to burn the house down either. I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on this game vote? I was going to ask you for your take on Faku's performance. The chat was Dude, asking Dude, I'm really for that, scared too. But, I, but I'll, um, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm an okay. adult. Okay. I didn't think he played well tonight because he didn't. Um, you know, the, the lack of scoring is starting to rear its head a little bit. It's another one of those things, though, where all it takes is the bench has a good game. He gets two more steals in the fourth, a six-assist game, and we're all raving about Faku again. So not writing him off. It's just, you know, the last few games he hasn't really been scoring, last handful of games, and tonight it really looked like it impacted the team. So not a great night from him, uh, but he's not the only one. Definitely not. Talk about trade deadline anxiety. I think the number one guess of someone that might affect would be Will Barton, who had Mm -hmm. a horrible night. Yeah. Um, Yeah, tough night from Faku, but maybe he'll rebound. Yeah, tough night from him, tough night from Will Barton. 
Jamichael Green also, I thought, actually had a couple really nice offensive rebounds that led to some second chance points, led to some extra possessions, but he just can't find the rim from three right now. 0-5 from three tonight. And look, he was one of those guys getting open three-point shots, right? Like, that's what's going to happen with this Nuggets offense. Jokic, Murray, and Porter attract so much attention that Faku, Jamichael Green, Will Barton, Zeke Naji, like these guys are going to get open threes. That's just what's going to happen throughout the flow of a game. It's it's going to be on them to knock them down. Yeah, and we thought that Jamichael was like such a great fit, like coming in. Yeah. Uh, he was knocking down shots at a very, very high rate. He was so Which, in rhythm, dude. Yeah, we, we knew that he was not going to be able to keep that up. Um, and, and and maybe that like that was fool's gold and the reason that he's still taking so many three-point mm-hmm. shots. Um, but he also is still trying to play himself back into shape and, yeah. and, and part of the rotation, and that's something that we have to to take into account. Um, didn't have a good night tonight, but we, we know when it counts, he's going to be ready. Um, and also, once he gets into that zone and into that rhythm, um, especially with that second unit, I think that that's going to be like a, a pretty good player and a piece that the Nuggets really like were excited about, and, and it'll come out. I think rhythm's the key word, man. I mean, he probably wasn't going to shoot at that clip all year, but Paul Millsap has told me this multiple times like players coming back from injury it's not necessarily getting back into shape it's rhythm seeing your three-point shot a couple times fall a couple times and if it doesn't when you first come back from an absence it can throw you off a little bit so like yeah green's not going to shoot near 50 percent from three um but i think he's going to get back to a place that's a little more reliable than he's been for sure yeah I think so, too. Adam Martis has a few things that he wants me to bring up to the screen right now. Adam has something that he wants Allie to bring up to the screen. We got this. Oh. Is this a a Nathan Fielder reference? Is is, is everyone (laughs) supposed to see this? Is is everyone supposed to see this? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) The plan. Convince Tim Conley to trade for Lonzo Ball and Aaron Gordon by getting blown out by a team that hasn't won since February. (laughs) That is a Nathan for you plan if I've ever heard it. I kind of alluded to this off the top. Um, Vote, you missed it, but I had the conspiracy hat on for a good 10 minutes to start this show off. And then I have one more thing um, here. Oh, when is this from? Oh, yeah, this is in line with some... Eight, literally 10 minutes ago. Some whispers. Some some breaking news on the uh, Aaron Gordon front, apparently. Uh, Is this up on the screen? Yes. Uh, The Celtics remain engaged in Aaron Gordon, but it's the Denver Nuggets, Mm. according to league sources, according to Jake Fisher, who have now emerged as the leading candidate to acquire Gordon from Orlando. With a package centered around Gary Harris. A package. Whoa. Whoa. Around Gary. Wow. I would have considered Gary at this point untradeable. Be- not because he's had adductor injuries, currently has one, and there is no timetable for a return. And he's been a tough contract. Um, so that's surprising to me. Was it the fourth quarter showcase of Bull Bull mm, that pushed nine this minutes of trade package potentially through? Did you guys talk about Bull having the best nine minutes of his life? That's actually that how we led the show off. Yeah, Here are some of that the details that for you guys to see and everyone in the... Oh, sorry. All good. Everyone in the chat can also see it. Nope. Denver's kidding. deal centered around Gary Harris, a first rounder, and one of Denver's younger players, RJ Hampton, Zeke Naji, and Bull Bull seems to, to be, be gaining momentum. And so, go ahead. I just think this is stemming from what you called a couple days ago, which is it looks like Boston does not want to part with a second second first rounder or Marcus Smart, and as a result, 
yeah. Denver's Denver's pulling ahead here. If Man, sorry, go ahead, Dev. That that would suck to see Zeke Naji go, but Gary Zeke, Hampton and Bowl for Aaron Gordon. I helped them pack their bags. Would you rather deal RJ Hampton or Zeke Naji? I think it's RJ. I think you'd rather deal RJ because A, I think other teams view him as more valuable. And B, like, there's a lot of good guards in the league. And Denver has some. But, you know, they're, like, trying to find the forward body type that makes sense around Jokic, and Naji might be it. It's tough because I think RJ has more value. I don't think either are going to play for Denver in, like, a playoff setting with this current roster. (laughs) That is wild. This is all wild. Yeah, so that's wild if it happens. I'll say this. If the Nuggets can get off of Gary Harris's contract in that deal and get Aaron Gordon, that's highway robbery right yep. there. And it's also a consolidation trade. Like, Gary, a healthy Gary kind of throws a wrench in this rotation as you're trying to work it out and what it looks like. So if you get Gordon and he slots in at your small forward, that's a lot of size and athleticism. Like, maybe you can get away with going Monte, Jamal, Gordon you know porter um but either way like gary was a bigger question mark i think than asset right now in terms of figuring out the rotations and and what the ideal run should look like yeah if they if they get off of gary harris who hasn't played in like a month and a half and also who has another year on his contract for 20 million uh that would be a massive a, a massive win for denver yeah, and with that, you give up four guys, and to bring in one, you have to think one other person comes over in that, right? Like, if you give up all four guys. You think another player would be coming back from Orlando in that? Yeah, at least just at least somebody. Uh, there probably but, is one body, or maybe they're not giving up all four. I don't know. what. I'm just going to take a little scan of uh, Orlando's roster, and I'll, I'll tell you who I would want back or who might be coming back. <laughs> that is... I don't know. I'm I'm actually like just like excited. Like that Kim was Birch, an exciting. Mo- that's what I was thinking. Birch he's the was, one. Would be Man, the I think if you can do Gary RJ in a first for Aaron Gordon, that's that's a really really good deadline move for for a team like Denver. Yeah. I really do. Look, there is an opening. I firmly believe there is an opening in the Western Conference this year. There is an opening for a team like Denver or a team in the Western Conference that's going to be super aggressive at the deadline to make a move and take advantage of that opening. There, there is room there for the Nuggets to make a run. With how uncertain the Lakers look like now, with no LeBron, no Anthony Davis, the Clippers are Clippers. I think the Nuggets would feel very confident going up against the Clippers in a playoff series. The same goes for the Suns. The same goes for the Jazz. There is an opening there for the Nuggets if they want to be aggressive and go get Aaron Gordon, that they can really improve their team and set themselves up as, you know, in my opinion, in a tier that's that's at the Lakers and Clippers, if not very close to the Lakers and Clippers. A day-to-day regular season, you know, whatever, just in a fluid sense, they have the best player in the world right now. On a day-to-day basis, no one's playing better than Jokic. Yeah. They have Jamal Murray, who was just arguably the best player down in the bubble, one of the five or six best. So, yeah, man, you have to feel like you're that team. You just said there's a team that can seize this. I think Denver should view themselves as that team, man. Right. They really do. And the Nuggets have to look at this like, look, the Lakers look like they're trying to upgrade the roster like at this trade deadline. They're going to try to get Andre Drummond. You know, they're going to try to make moves to upgrade their roster. The Nuggets, in my opinion, have to look at that and say, if they're trying to upgrade, we got to try to upgrade as well. 
we're, we've got to make one move that says we're going for it this year. I just don't understand why you guys. Actually, I need to calm myself down. I don't. Need yeah, to you're get excited my, over there. Don't need to get, don't my get us canceled. Up. But if you have either Bo, Bo, R.J. Hampton, or Zeke with Gary and a first, just one of them. I'm, I'm gonna give that up so fast. Like everything. No, yeah, about, for sure. That's gonna be so easy for me. And, and it's you're not like you're not like getting rid of like your core or anything like that. You're you're getting rid of a guy that hasn't played that much that we haven't really seen this year. Um, really good player, but you're also getting back a really good player. Um, and you didn't have to give up the the entire house for it. Like that that would be something. Like if if that's if they're in the lead with that. I would add other things in just to just try to sweeten it. I, I would, I would do as, as much as I can if that's all I have to give up. Would you throw in like a twelve pack of Mile High City Copper Lager? Maybe I'd, like a Tyler Lydon practice jersey. Yeah, especially sweeten the, the, the deal. practice signed, jersey. autographed, and, and a picture of a black coat's um, calf muscle. <laughs> we'll do that too. A man after my yeah. own heart over here. If if the Nuggets believe Aaron Gordon is that guy, if they're as high on him. I mean, look, I don't even think the Nuggets are, like, jumping for joy over Aaron Gordon. I don't think they're super, 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 super high on him. I think they like him and that he's a piece that fits and makes them a better team. If they are believers in Aaron Gordon, that's a deal you probably have to do. And, you know, I just saw some comments that said, like, you're trying to leverage the future for Gordon. I mean, the future is now. It's Jokic, MPJ, and Murray. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you get anything from Zeke, RJ, that's wonderful sprinkles found money but if you can turn that found money into a guy that helps you make a deep playoff run again i think they really have to consider that have to do it really honestly none of those guys are part of the future you have none of those guys are part of the present aside from zeke naji on some nights and they have a big three that's literally the future like you don't think about anyone else besides those three you add a guy for right now who's a really good player that's something that i would do um yes it it would suck to see like the players go but that's a part of every single trade that happens yeah Uh, you know you're going to get rid of a guy that you like you already have like endearing your heart and you have these moments but you're making the team better and and we're you know you guys like everyone is fans of the nuggets and you want the nuggets to like be successful and at their best and they're going to be at their best if they make those type of trades because like we we've seen that it hasn't been working and those guys are not actually playing right now so you have to make a move right now especially with this very very small window that 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 the nuggets are in in my opinion i would probably put hampton in the deal me too i would probably put hampton in the deal i'm a zeke naji believer i'm in the zeke naji cult I'm I'm a believer. I think he's going to be a very good player for a long, long time. And by the way, I'm picking Hampton over Bowl because I'm skeptical that New Orleans values Bowl. I have no idea. It just seems to me like Hampton's the guy that gets that deal done. You wouldn't think Bowl is at the same level as Hampton and Najee. I mean, look, man. I wouldn't think at least. Maybe uh, John Hammond Maybe a team can talk themselves into that. The thing about Bowl is that he is immensely talented. (laughs) What he did in those Oregon games was nuts. You know, everyone in this organization actually was excited about Bull. That was all real. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the intangible stuff, it's like in the negatives for him. And that's a real issue. Uh, but there is conceivably a team that could talk themselves into seeing value in a seven-foot forever person that can shoot. <laughs> I just love that. Everyone wants to add Barton. I just love it. They didn't he's even not, ask for him. He's not even part of it. Not yeah, they didn't yet. ask for him. Maybe they don't like him just as much as you guys don't like him. So, like, that doesn't get it done. 
<laughs> but I love the fact that it's like, no, 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 please add him to it also. To reiterate, if you're just jumping in, we're talking about a Gary package because this is an actual rumor coming from Jake Fisher yeah. that the Nuggets have emerged as, as favorites in the deal. Yeah. One day, one day the Nuggets fan base will give Will Barton his proper respect and do. It'll be after it's, he's it's long not, gone. Yeah, it's not going to be tonight, which is okay. He didn't have a good game yeah, tonight, he didn't but earn it one tonight. day, <laughs> one sure. day this fan I'm base will give him tonight, uh, yeah. the respect he's due. <laughs> well, uh, it's probably going to be a long night for us, uh, but I think that's where we'll end the show. Again, I, I don't think a trade's going to happen tonight. As I said on the pregame show, I think if an Aaron Gordon trade gets done, it happens very close to tomorrow's deadline. And good news for you guys watching. We will be back live tomorrow, 12 p.m. Mountain Time, until after the trade deadline, which is at 1 p.m. We'll be going live from the lounge right from this set to react to all the trades that come through in the final moments leading up to the deadline at 1 o'clock. We're going live at 12. It's going to be me, Brendan Vote. I think... Eric Weedham D-line is going to stop by. Also, Andre Simone. You probably know That's him from DNVR Bets. Is from DNVR Broncos. Best, uh, yes. He is going to be on with us as well for our trade deadline special. So thanks for watching, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 12 o'clock Mountain Time. That's when we're going live. We'll talk to you guys then. You guys, make sure to check out Hassle Cattle Company. They've got the best damn Wagyu beef around, and they deliver it right to you. That's the best part about Hassle Cattle Company. Their blue-collar Wagyu, it's the best beef that you can possibly get delivered to you. They've got everything at Hassle Cattle Company from Wagyu smoked sausage to New York strip to beef bacon to Wagyu franks to two jerky flavors. Their Hamburger One Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam, they are legit. They've got legit stuff. This is the good stuff. Wagyu, the blue collar Wagyu from Hassle Cattle Company. Get it for 10% off with the code DNVR10. That's very important. You have to use the code DNVR10 at HassleCattleCompany.com. Also, any orders over $200, you will receive free shipping. Check them out today.